0: My, my energy and my personality wasn't meant for school and it was actually meant for the world where you can really follow what you want to do it's such an exciting place to be regardless of whether or not you finish you don't know things until you've tried it you don't know if things are going to work until you put it into practice or, or until you execute on it Which means don't let it scare you from doing it. Yeah. Because you're never going to find out if you don't do it. Jump into the challenge. Jump into the challenge. Trust your process and trust it. You're either going to get it right or wrong and both are as good outcomes. As long as the process after, the reflection after is in the right manner. It's very clear to everyone that I want to coach at the Olympics. Like I want to win an Olympic gold medal as a coach. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've never been afraid to say that. And I was like, well, what am I really doing to get there?
1: Welcome to the Post School Podcast with me, Nathan Moss, an extension to the Uncle Nathan blog that sees me chatting with some pretty amazing people about their journey, with the hope that you guys can take something away from it to apply in your own lives. Join me as I chat to leading academics, roaring social media influencers, big business execs, local business inspirations, students just like you and I, and so many more incredible people. Jackson, thanks for joining me.
0: Hey mate, how are you? I'm brilliant. It's how are you been doing? a while. It has been, been a it's while. It's been a while since I seen you. Last time I was in Colorado. Yeah, and you were a puppy, and so was I. Yeah, and now you're all grown up. So are you, I'm grown up. I Can got more boys? facial hair than you now. Yeah, well that's not hard. <laughs> <laughs> I can't grow anything. Yeah, true. I, I did freshly shave for you though. Thank you so Just much. So you you're know. gonna look good on camera. I hope so. That's Beast. the goal. <laughs> so, um, Jackson, who are you? I'm Jackson Holtham. Uh, I'm a snowboard coach. So. Uh, I'm also an ultra marathon runner, um, but I work at Mount Hotham as the head coach and director there. Um, I work with Turn and Burn, which is where I met you, um, which is a private snowboard company, and I run their uh, Noram competition team. Um, and yeah, I run ultra marathons, so long distances, and I'm also a performance coach, so I work with people outside of snowboarding um, in lots of different fields. But I was a nightmare of a kid, <laughs> and now I'm sort of in a in a place where I can. Um, work with kids and give back a little bit. And it's been an interesting sort of, I left school in 2013. Yeah, right. So an interesting sort of, however many years that is, was that eight? Yeah, eight years. Um, But yeah, that's what I do. Snowboarding is my main thing. Um, With COVID, it took a little bit of a turn and we got into the running and and working with people that weren't snowboarders. But um, this year, the big focus is is turning Hotham into a, a top tier team and Hopefully, getting overseas and continuing the journey. Sick. So you said you're a bit of a devil child. Talk to us about that. <laughs> I was. I wasn't. <clears throat> how do I? How do I put this delicately? I was a nightmare. Um, I, got, I got in a lot of trouble as a kid. I got expelled from school in 2013, so second term of year 11, which I didn't actually expect to happen. I was in a lot of trouble, in and out. Um, I had OK grades in a lot of classes because I had really good energy, and I'm su- like I was super smart. But um, I just didn't really enjoy the uh, private school system that I was in. Why'd you get expelled? It was more of a build up of things than any one any one particular story. The the thing that was like really the cherry on top was I blew up at a teacher and called her some not so satisfactory <laughs> things, which wasn't cool. Like yeah. I definitely didn't know how to deal with confrontation or when things were going um, south in my life. But I, I was a problem. I was getting in trouble for graffitiing and. I was drinking when I was young and partying and didn't respect anyone or anything. Um, and that, that sort of time where I got kicked out of school, I had to really have some honest reflection. I think it was the, when you go out into the real world after that, when I was in the school environment and I was cool and I thought I was the man and everyone liked me and I was drinking and my Instagram looked sick at that time, doesn't anymore, so <laughs> it was a, but, um, you know, in your school environment, you think you're the man. Yeah. and you think like I'm just going to go out into the world and kill it and you go out into the world and I remember I, I worked at um, this outdoor store for about four months out of school um, and I went in there thinking I was just the coolest kid on the planet and I was and I, like they couldn't have made me feel any less than that. Yeah. You go into your work environment and you've just come out of school and you think like I'm the man. I'm so cool. Everyone knows me. And then you go out into the real world and adults are just like, hey, mate, can you like pick up that box and move it over there and like not talk while you're doing it? 100%. <laughs> and you've got no choice. Yeah. So it was a big learning curve. Nice. A big learning curve. But I was, I was a problem child, but um, I worked with some good programs. Um, yeah, I was going to ask, how did it turn around? There was a, a program called True North Expeditions that I went on. Um, it's run by a good friend of mine who's a professor of social work. Um, his name's Will Dobard and it's an adventure therapy program. So they take kids, um, two weeks out in the Flinders Ranges, which is in Adelaide, South Australia. Um, and basically you're fully self-sufficient for these two weeks presented with a series of challenges, walking every day. Um, and it's, they, they, you know, it's how you deal with it. Mm. Um, and that was a big step for me. It's where I met Will, who was sort of my first really good mentor And I think I realized at that point that maybe I could channel my energy the right way and um, it was okay to have confrontation that I could deal with it a little bit differently. So that was the turning point. And then I went and did my first season in Threadbow and I always wanted to be a snowboard instructor. I'm lucky that it went in the path of coaching, but I just liked it and I got opportunity and I was kind of good at it. Um, And I moved through the system quite quickly. And obviously then I got the opportunity with Ryan and that was huge you know if it wasn't for teeny i probably wouldn't be where i am and being able to work with young teenagers and really build him is like is what i love doing so how'd that opportunity with teeny come about it's interesting um because this is probably a really good one for for people that are listening because my first uh winter with teeny so his first colorado camp we would he was trying to get it off the ground and i was good friends with oscar who was one of the coaches there and uh, they needed someone to sort of come and be like the house mum, but I'm I'm not a mum. I would be the house dad. So uh, I had a girlfriend at the time, Becky, um, who was awesome. So her and I went out and worked for Teeny, pretty much for not a whole lot yep. just so I could get over there. It was pretty much like free work for the opportunity. Still got paid but nowhere near what, what it's like now. Um, so massive shout-out to Becky. She sacrificed a lot for me to be able to go over there and um, – and that's the important thing was I thought much that it was – the opportunity was far greater than the pay. Yeah. So the opportunity to be over there, foot in the door, be around Ryan, build something with Ryan, and, you know, you look where it is now. It's, it's huge and it's skyrocketed my career in mm. coaching. So if I went, no, I'm, I'm not going to be able to make money off that and valued myself too high – I wouldn't have been able to get over there, so I got the opportunity, got to go over there, and have been on every camp he's ever done since. Sick. I think um, there's a lot of value behind
1: that, like regardless of snowboarding, regardless of sport in general, is just don't always
0: think about the income side of it. Yeah. there's so much more to it, especially when you're young. And if when when it's time to make money, you'll make money. Yeah, because your value will be there, and you almost will not have a choice. Money will sort of just happen. Yeah, when when you when you really are providing value to to whatever your service is money will happen but if you want opportunities and you want to continue to progress and progress quickly in your career you have to make sacrifices and um, that was one I was more than willing to make especially while you're young like you're not going to
1: get that income or that ideal dream opportunity just handed
0: to you you've got to work for that you've got to work and you've got to be willing to to take a little bit of shit and like it was a no-brainer to me and a lot of people were like, oh, what, you're going to go over and, you know, you and Becky aren't going to make heaps of money. And I was like, well, it doesn't really matter. We're going, like, to a place we've never been in a brand new, really cool job, first camp. Um, it was, like, the one of the best decisions I've ever made. It's just if you have an opportunity to do something that's going to upskill you and give you opportunity in your career, expose you a new space, don't think about the money. Mm. Like, money will come. When you seriously, when you provide value, money will come and you have to have some honest reflection with yourself of like, do I actually provide value? If you think you should be making money, then you'd want to hope that um, you really do provide value. Yeah, I think I've, there's two ways of looking at it. Like you
1: don't want to undersell yourself. If you mm. do provide value, make sure you're going to get your money's worth. Yeah. Don't just sort of... Offer your services for free all all the time. 100%. You've worked so hard to get to that point where you can get paid for what you know. So definitely don't sell yourself short. But at the same time, to get to that point, you're going to need to give some value away for free. 100%. My motto for the Uncle Nathan Instagram is basically give away all of my secrets on the Instagram. Because then people know that I'm legit. They know what I'm trying to push. So it's a lot easier for people to then go, yeah, right, okay, now maybe Nathan's starting an Uncle Nathan course of some sort, which I haven't done, but hopefully in the future that'll happen. Mm. But by that point, they're like, okay, he's given me all his value, now he's going to explain how I can implement that value. It should be about providing value and then you get paid to offer how to
0: implement that. 100%. Um, so and that credibility, that line of credibility is really important. Yeah, massively. And and you get that from being being in new environments and just grabbing the opportunity. Yeah. If you ever get the chance and go go ask for it. Like I was begging Teeny. I was mm. calling him every day. Like I really pushed for it. It wasn't like um it was he was like, Yeah, just come. Like I had to really beg him and push for it and and work really hard and try to do a really good job before we even left the ground. Yeah. That's awesome though. And and everything came from that, from that job. That's pretty sick. Yeah. So if you ever get the chance to work in a cool space or be in uh, a new project in a, in a, something you're passionate about, go do it. I think the other thing with that is,
1: and It's probably not the best advice to give, but the way that I try and live my life is if that opportunity does appear in front of you, say yes first and figure it out later. 100%. Like something like that, where you know it's going to pay off in the long term, say yes, get it done, figure out
0: how you're going to do it. So yeah, that's that's, that's one of the best things I've heard. Like you figuring it out's the fun part yeah figuring out so, and i think you would find in a lot of high performance space or where people have done really well in life there's been a huge element of just figuring it out 100 percent. no uh, one knows what they're doing yeah yeah no so one knows what they're doing and figuring it out figuring it out can come quickly with the right steps like really getting good advice doing really good review looking at data and and making changes to go and perform Mm. But figuring it out's the best thing.
1: Yeah, I think you've got to understand going into something like that, that you are going to make mistakes. There's going to be times where you're like, maybe this wasn't for me. percent. the important part is to look back and go, okay, I have made this mistake. How am I not going to make that same mistake next time? Yeah. And I think that's something you don't really understand coming out of school because in an exam, let's say you get five questions wrong out of 10 multi-choice, like you don't really have that opportunity to go back and redo it. You kind of just got to live with the fact you've made those mistakes. So mm. I think it's a learning curve after school to understand that it's okay to fail. It's yep. good to fail. It is. As long as you're reflecting on that and learning from it for the next time.
0: Yeah. And if you're if you're failing, it means you're in an environment that's challenging you. Mm. And that that's really important. Yeah, get out of your comfort zone. 100%. So um, what happened then?
1: COVID, how did it put a damper on everything? <laughs> oh, COVID.
0: COVID's <laughs> been great, but COVID's also not been great. So we... We're over in Colorado, having a really, really successful, like, Noram tour. Um, went over to Canada. We, we, we're based in Colorado, so we went to Canada, uh, did our tour through there, had a few races. When we left for Canada, like, COVID wasn't even a thing, wasn't even spoken about. No one was wearing masks through the airport. When we came back, it was like, well, this is getting a little bit intense. There were sort of talks. And then when we got back from Denver, Teeny was like, yeah, everyone home tomorrow. Wow. It's like really, that quick? really quick. So everyone left the next day and I stayed and like tidied up a few things and then back to Adelaide, two weeks of quarantine. Um, did you have to pay for that? No. Nah. Sick. No, nah, that was when you could quarantine at home. Yeah, nice. So I was like, wow. And then the reality set in that maybe snowboarding is not going to happen for a little while. Yeah. So I didn't I didn't do a winter in 2020.
1: How did that feel for you? Someone who snowboarding made up.
0: Yeah. 90% of your life. I was frustrated. I was frustrated because we really had a rhythm and we were moving in the right direction. We had a lot of really good things going on and it was like, it was just starting to get there, you know, all Mm. that free work and, um, was starting to come together and, and I was really getting to the places I wanted to go, but I was lucky. I sort of found running and fitness and cycling and it was good to be home. Like I haven't been home since I was 17. So back in Adelaide. Back in Adelaide for, you know, a year and a half or however long it was. And there were some real positives. But in terms of like pure career, I was frustrated. I was mm. frustrated because I um, wasn't going to make the same money. I wasn't going to be able to do the same thing. And I had to really think clearly about what I was going to do in this time so that when we went back to snowboarding, um, we were going to nail it. Yeah. I,
1: was, I just had a random thought. Do you think? the fact that you were forced to leave school before you finished sort of prepared you to get ready to then say, okay, I can't snowboard. What else am I going
0: to do? Yeah. That just yeah. that just hit me randomly. Getting, getting kicked out of school was the best and the worst thing. Mm. Uh, I think it was the best for someone like me because um, I had a really supportive family and and mum worked really hard to make sure that I stayed on track. But Maybe, maybe my, my energy and my personality wasn't meant for school and it was actually meant for the world where you can really follow what you want to do. Like yeah. we have so, you have so much, when you leave school, you have so much opportunity to do. It's such an exciting place to be. Regardless of whether or not you finish. Yeah. Like at the second you don't have to go to the same place every day. I like to think of it as like, um, a bucket. So like if you have, um, like yellow water in a bucket, but you want blue water in the bucket. You have to get rid of some yellow water to, to put the blue in. You know what I mean? Like if, if your life's full but you want it to change, how's it ever going to change if some things don't come out of that? Yeah, I love that. So, you know, there has to be space. And I think when I left school there was an unbelievable amount of space. It was 24 hours a day of space yeah. to do whatever I want and, you know, going to the snow and travelling. And it was, yeah, the best and the worst thing. But the best for me, I'm not saying everyone should leave school, you know, stay like in hindsight, I wish I'd stayed and finished year 12 and I missed out on a lot of things. But in my life, my path, it really worked for me.
1: Yeah, basically, if you have the opportunity to stay, stay, but 100%. <laughs> it's not, it's not going to end your life if you don't finish yeah, school. There's, there's so much. The world is such an exciting place. Like, as long as you've got the right mentality, though. Yep. Yeah. I think if you leave school with the idea of the world's against me, everyone hates me, you're never going to get a leg up. No Because the whole point is You make your own life Like this didn't just happen to you You yeah. worked your ass off To create
0: this for yourself I did Yeah So running How'd you get into it during COVID? So two weeks out of quarantine I had my two weeks quarantine Came out of it I usually go back to CrossFit But all the gyms were closed Because the lockdown I was like I need to stay fit I'm getting a bit porky <laughs> So I started running Like and I wasn't I was really against Not against running I didn't like it I didn't enjoy it I'd probably run a 5k at most um, At CrossFit Went out, did this run and I was just hammered. Like I was brutalized and I sort of frothed it and I just got a little bit hooked and then I started running and I was like, well, I'll run five today. I'll try to run it quicker tomorrow and then I'll run ten and I slowly built on it, built on it, built on it and then I was just like all in. Because when I was running, I was processing a lot of stuff and doing a lot of thinking and um, I liked the way it made me feel. There's, there's an element of truth that comes with running that's really important and... You know, people get it in all aspects of their life. But for me, it was in running because there's nowhere to hide. Mm. You can't you can't lie in running. When you're running, how quick you run is how quick you run. How far you run is how far you run. The time it took is how long it took. And the the effort was the effort. There's You can't fake it. Yeah. Like it's, it is what it is. And what comes up when you're running is all truth. Mm. Like it's this. Elaborate sort, on that. Yeah. Elaborate on it. Like it's like a meditative process in a way. But almost a forceful meditative process because you start to think about things and even if you like try block it out with music, it'll come back. Mm. I don't know why or maybe that just happens for me, but say I was having a bad relationship with someone, it'd come up and you'd start to work through it and, and you'd work through it, work through it and maybe come to an answer and you'd almost come back from the run like enlightened. Yeah. Oh, well, I could have dealt with mum a little bit better today mm. or, you know, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Or I'm really nailing life at the moment and um, I got hooked on that process and so I started running further and further and further and running 100K weeks and um, just got hooked on that, hooked on that feeling of the the complete truth of it and then hooked on like what I actually had to embrace and that that it was making me face things that maybe I wasn't facing in life. Yeah, it's super raw. Yeah. It it hurts
1: mentally, it hurts physically, it hurts in the sense of physical pain. Yeah. Like to the point where, like, I'm exactly like you. I hate running, but I do it because I know I get to the end and I'm like,
0: I feel good. Yeah, I hurt, but I feel good. You feel really good, and you, you process a lot of things, and it, it's an epic feeling to get. So I was, I was into it. Yeah, I got, I got hooked. So, um, what was your first big run? My first, so my first big, big run, uh, was it's in Adelaide, so it's along the coast, Cape Jervis to Victor. It's 72 k's started running ultras so an ultra is anything over 42ks it's typically run through trail um, but I started running them because I thought I was really having a lot of reflection on my career like what I wanted to do in snowboarding and I, it's very clear to everyone that I want to coach at the Olympics like I want to win an Olympic gold medal as a coach mm-hmm. and you know I've never been afraid to say that and I was like well what am I really doing to get there and to work with high performers. Am I a high performer myself? This is that element of truth again that comes down in running. And I was like, well, I'm not really. I wasn't, didn't feel like an imposter, but I was like, am I at that level as a person? I was like, no, nah, not really. So what's something that I can do that's going to get me there? And it was mm-hmm. running ultras because you have to nail it. So I, I teed up uh, to run this 72K. It was actually a pretty funny story. I had my best mate, Will, come and he was carrying his bike and he was going to, like, follow me. Turns out that the terrain's not quite suitable for a two-wheel <laughs> vessel. And I ended up carrying the bike for a lot of the uphill sections. And oh, it was wow. like, it took us so much longer than expected. But I was just like, this is epic. Yeah. This is epic. So I ran the first 72, um, got that done. And then I was like, well, I want to run a-, a miler. So 100 miles, 160K. And I found uh, a race. And, and I was like, well, I'm going to commit to this. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to try and be a high performer and I'm going to encompass everything. I'm going to get my sleep right, my training right, my diet right, you know, work with a coach. I'm going to be what I want to work with. That's
1: pretty cool. Can we just spend a second understanding just how long a hundred miles is? It's a, it's a long way.
0: How long did it take you? 24 hours and 42 minutes and what'd you say 160 kilometers 160 kilometers and it's about three and a half thousand meters of elevation so wow in back home i know how to explain it to make it sound really gnarly but i guess it's almost like from like kuma to top yeah right maybe maybe further maybe like Bredbo to top wow yeah long way that's legit so it's 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 a huge and look i'm i'm not a top level ultra marathon runner there are people out there in the ultra marathon community that are insane that Mm. are incredibly gifted at running and you know Simon Duke who won the race I was in did it in 19 hours and 40 minutes wow like just these guys are unbelievable runners and everyone does it for different reasons that's the cool thing about ultras you've got people that are really true runners and that's their sport and you've got people that are using it to help them in other aspects of their life. And then you've got people that are just doing it because they like doing things for that long.
1: Uh, how did you know you were ready to do a run that large after having just started running?
0: Because mm. it a significant jump from your first it was. one. Well, it was a year. I'd only been running for a year. So I pretty much, I mean, the cool thing about my story with, with the ultras is I pretty much did couch to miler in a year, wow. almost to the day, uh, which is, a it's, that's not much, preparation time so I worked with a physio to manage my load to to make sure maybe that I could handle that much time on my feet but ultras are about between your ears Mm -hmm. and there was a lot of you know through training of course you have your moments of doubt like and that that was one thing I learned that was really important for working with athletes is I then realized how much when you're training for something that you've never done before you doubt what you're doing because you don't know if it's going to work you don't know until you've done it. So I was like, man, I'm doing all this running. What if this isn't enough? What if this is too much? What if I'm not running at the right heart rates? Because I didn't know. How do mm. I know until I've done the event? So that that's a really was a really important lesson in itself is you don't know things until you've tried it. You don't know if things are going to work until you put it into practice or, or till you execute on it. So which means don't let it scare you from doing it. Yeah, because yeah. you're never going to find out if Jump you don't do it. Jump into the challenge. Jump into the challenge. Tr- trust your process and trust that You're either going to get it right or wrong, and both are as good outcomes as long as the process after the reflection after is in the right manner. Yeah, you know, it's what fit- does that manner look like. You need to have really honest reflection about in athletic endeavor for sure about what what you felt like physically and mentally. Um, what what you truly went through i could have come out of the ultra and been like oh it was super easy and you know i nailed it and i got it done uh but i would have been lying i came out and i was like you know i broke down at this kilometer and i really wrote it down and you have to be honest about what you physically felt what you mentally felt be honest about where you got it wrong like where my ego got in the way uh all these things and like truly reflect on that process and then take that into all other aspects of your life. It's the, it starts with, with a goal and then it's a preparation and then you have to embrace the challenge and, and really commit to the challenge and do it. And then you have to review it and adapt and then you can perform. Yeah, it's like this long process. I have this four-step process, compete, review, adapt and perform. That's how it goes. I like that. And that's for everything, like everything in your life. Competing isn't just about going out and playing sport. It's competing to be better at what you do, yeah. drive your car better, make your bed better, like constantly compete to do things well, constantly review it in an honest, like truthful manner and then make the change and adapt and, and performance will come. Give us an
1: example of how, say someone's not an athlete, how do you bring those four values into everyday life, say with university or some sort of study or working? Hey everyone, sorry to interrupt. I promise this will just take a couple seconds. I just wanted to say this podcast was made to benefit as many young people as possible. It would mean the world to me if you could leave a rating and a review to share the word among others just like yourself. Also, don't forget to follow Uncle Nathan on Instagram at Uncle Nathan Co. And DM us if you have any questions or simply just want to have a chat. Now, back to the episode.
0: Say something like university. Um, We're in kind of an... um, how can I say this delicately we 're in a little bit of an excuse driven society where it 's quite easy to to make uh, to create a narrative around what you 're doing that 's maybe not so truthful so if you 're at university and you 're struggling with the study and you 're just coasting through and you you know you you 're doing whatever yeah you have to be honest about what you 're actually doing you have to be honest so if you 're not studying properly if you 're choosing to go out drinking if you're if you 're doing it but you don't love it all these things that's like you need to be honest about that Mm. and and when you go to university you should be going you should be going to university to push it to push the limits you should be going there because you're passionate about the topic and if it's a topic that you're not that interested in you should be finding areas in that topic that are going to help you get to where you want to go and i think a lot of people go into the university with no clear goal at the end yeah no clear goal of uh what they actually want from their time at university what they what they want to learn and where they want it to take them and they just coast through. And just to clarify, graduating is not a clear goal. It's not a clear goal, no. A, a clear goal is a much bigger picture than that. Mm. And that's what we're not taught in school. Oh, 100%. We're, yeah. not, we're not taught this process of uh, create clear goals and work backwards and work out what gets you there. So if you're at university or studying or you're working or you've just come out of school, competing is about... To compete, you first must have a goal. So... You need to set some clear things of what you want to do and, you know, that should be short-term, medium-term and long-term like with anything and people get really overwhelmed by this process but just write some shit down. It doesn't have to be – it doesn't mean that that's what your life's going to look like mm. but you have to have a little bit of something to to guide you. We used to do it at the start of every camp. Yep. Goal sheet. Massive and it doesn't like – people get overwhelmed by this thing of goals like oh, if I write it down, it has to happen. Mm. It's like no, write, write it down so that there's something there. You know, what am I going to do next week? By next week, I want to have my room rearranged. That's what allows you to reflect because yeah. you have
1: something to look at and go, I go, did it or I didn't. I did it
0: or I didn't. Why did it work? Why didn't it? So so when I say compete and, you know, we're talking about university students, young adults, it's like what what are you doing to try and make your life better, to, to get it to a point where you're really proud of because pride's everything. Like what are you doing to compete to, to show that you're uh, – Taking on the fruits of life, like because it's it's amazing out there. Yeah, it's amazing out there if you let it be. So you know, what are you setting? So if you are you going to the gym? You're creating a routine, and and once you've got that, then you can review it. Oh, I it did it went great. It didn't go so great here. I struggled in this part of my life. This part went really well. Then you can adapt, and then you can continue to build on that. It's like a four step process that you can use for everything. Yeah, I love that. Every single thing.
1: It sounds like a lot of this is ver- like very much a mental. A mental thing. It's very much your you have to be in the right headspace in order to get what you want out of life. So let's talk Huge. a little bit about the headspace side of it. Huge. How do you prepare your, I guess, mental aspect, the mental aspect of your life to go into new challenges and take on those opportunities that are presented to you despite how scared
0: you might be? I work with a coach. That's that's the first thing. Uh, constantly seek help. So I've been working with a coach, his name's Pete, since about maybe 2016, 17 um, for sort of every major thing that I've done, whether it's my instructing levels, going overseas, starting a new program, running this ultra marathon, and i maybe have a chat with him once a month. So have a mentor. Have a mentor. Like find someone out there that you respect and that is doing things that you think is really cool and and ask if they'll help you. And they will. Yeah. They will. Find a mentor is the first thing. Um, Write things down write things down because a lot comes out when you do that that's massive and then i think it's important to be a bit vulnerable and be like i'm actually sort of battling today or i'm really nailing it today like just be super honest Mm -hmm. the more honest and raw and truthful you can be the easier it is to prepare your mind for things like and the more you realize that those bad days do eventually turn into good days yeah 100 percent
1: if you're masking it for such a long time, it's very hard for you to then accept the fact that there are going to be down days. 100%. It's not just going to be one straight line to the top.
0: 100%. And, you know, coming out of school, going into university, it's stressful. You've got pressure from parents, pressure from your social group. What am I going to do? I'm out in the big world. And it can be overwhelming. And it's there's a lot of things that you can fall into, go drinking, partying. Um, but you're in you're a really great time of your life when you come out of school and and you can create a really healthy mindset and i think people think that mindset's this thing that happens like instantly mm. and it's it's su- such a long process that's built over time like i don't have the strongest mind in the world but i ran the ultra and I learned from it and I'll have a stronger mind when I go into next time. It's such a good point to bring up. It's not going to happen
1: after one day of being like, okay, I'm going to be happy today. And yeah. I know exactly how to be happy every yeah. other day.
0: It's yeah. a thing that, as you said, you've got to work on. It's a process. It takes time and it takes honesty. But you know, how do you work on it? Uh, I work. Coach is the massive one. Write a lot of things down. But I seek, I seek a lot of stuff from people. Like mm. I try and have honest conversations with people in my life uh, I do, I do a little bit of meditation exercises, obviously my massive one. Um, but my, my mindset comes, I think from understanding what drives me, you know, I have a, I have a big ego and I, I'm, uh, I take a lot of pride in what I do and how I do things and I'm competitive. Mm. And I think a lot of people could box that as a bad thing, but I use that as, as fuel and I'm, I think I'm really truthful and, and know who I am now. Yeah, it so it gives I you a drive. Yeah. So I can go right. I have an ego, but that's a good thing. It allows me to take on challenges and set big goals, but I don't let that ego get in the way of say me and you having a discussion. Yeah. I don't think I'm above anyone. Yeah. If anything, I let my ego put me below people so that I can keep trying to build. So that that's that's huge. But everyone's gonna have their different processes with mindset. Like, but I think it's important to think of uh, mindset, a little bit like the stock market. If you constantly add to it, it's going to grow over time. Yeah, and if cool. you're not if you're not putting in, you're not going to see growth in it. Cool. Because so, you and I we spoke a bit in yeah. Colorado about investing and all that. Yeah,
1: um, you're pretty heavy on the investing front, aren't you?
0: Yeah. Well, I think it's important. I think Why? I think b- Because money allows you time. It gives you freedom, um, and it you have to respect it. And it's an important thing to respect in the world. Money doesn't drive me. Money uh, having heaps of money isn't what makes me happy. But money allows you to do things that that give you like real joy and authenticity in life. Yeah, it's not the money that brings the happiness. It's the opportunities that money creates. And and it's time. Like like when you have money, you have time. Mm. Um, But it's important as as young people. I'm still a young person to. To respect it uh, try and understand it. it's a very difficult thing to understand but to have a little bit of a plan and and, and try to build your wealth over time because you know compounding is massive yeah you know I think
1: I've got a good question for you so this could have to do with money it could have to do with sport running just life in general what sort of process do you have to overcome something that didn't go the way you wanted it to so say you invested in a specific stock and it went down or you wanted to run a hundred miler but didn't make it or which you haven't done obviously you did make it but <laughs> if that did happen or something happens in snowboarding you get an injury mm. and it puts you out for a season what mm-hmm. sort of process do you have to overcome that obstacle
0: I'm trying to think of a real or threat. how would you help an athlete overcome that obstacle as a coach as their coach a real good it's a really good question the, the the most important thing is when something doesn't go wrong, you really have to accept it and understand it. I think if you try and, um, and you have to you have to go all into it. Like if say if I were to do my ACL, like I would really have to accept that, and you have to understand what it is that that's what's happened and, and what's the result of that, and then you can build from there. Mm. If you really have to try. So if something doesn't go wrong, say say you invest two thousand dollars. Um, it goes south, you lose all your money. You have to, it's one thing to lose $2,000. It's another thing to go, right. I invested my money or I invested my time in a uni course. I hate teaching. I don't want to be a teacher anymore. I don't know why I did that degree. That's one thing that's like, okay, that sucks. agree. Embrace that. That sucks. It didn't go the way I wanted. It's another thing to not reflect on it and understand why, Mm. why it happened. You, you will get so much more out of – it's almost a blessing when something goes wrong because you can look back and go, well, this went wrong because of A, B, C and D. And now I know that. So now when I go into this next opportunity, which is twice as big, I know how to stop A, B, C and D from happening and I think you'll find that maybe this, this challenge will go a little bit better. So if something doesn't go your way, you have to reflect on why it happened. Mm. You know, so for an athlete, if say they lost a the race, well, why did we lose the race? Was our training good enough? Did we have a good enough off-season? Did we do the work? Did I do the work as a coach? Did we rock up with the right mindset on the day? And if we didn't, okay, now we know. Now we know how to make. It's that compete, review, review is the massive part, and then we adapt. So if it doesn't go your way, you have to fully understand why. Yeah. Seek, dive into it. If something goes well, that's, like, that's an easy one. It's like, oh, it went well, so we know the things. But if it doesn't go well... It's the best opportunity because you can dive so deep into it Mm. and be like, why did it not go well?
1: I 100% agree. Like with me, everything that I do, I want to succeed, but I embrace if I fail because I know that looking back on it, I'm going to learn so much. You learn so much more from your failures than you do your successes. How boring would
0: life be if everything went right?
1: Yeah, I know. It It would be. That's what I try to say to people. Like the fact that you – don't do so well at stuff the fact that you have those bad days are what makes the good days and the successes so much better so much more more worthwhile 100 um yeah i think that's a really good process i think everyone will take a lot out of that yeah
0: you gotta if when things go wrong if you don't like your uni degree if you drop out of a course if you got a job that you didn't like who really cares Mm. review on it understand it like really try understand it why did why did i not like this uni, uni course write it down have it there, reflect on it, don't make the same mistake. There'll be more opportunities for success. There will be so many opportunities. You, it's everywhere in the world. There's yeah. so much out there. Cool. Let's jump to 10 under 10. What's 10 under 10? Oh, I'm oh. excited for this bit. 10 questions.
1: These ones are a bit longer, so it'll probably be 10 questions under 10 minutes, mm. which is fine, because I kind of want you to elaborate on some of them. All right. So I'm literally just going to shoot some questions at you. They're quite random, so um put you on the spot a bit but we'll see how you go right. question one what's your top mental tip before going into something
0: significant in your life understand it how do you do that put time into researching it Mm -hmm. understand why you're doing it how you're going to do it um so be prepared be prepared cool i like that number two
1: in your professional coaching opinion yeah who wins in the long run, natural ability
0: or hard work? Hard work. Why? Uh, because talent will take you so far, but hard work will encompass everything that, that it takes to get to where you need to go. Love that. Yeah, That's what I was hoping you'd say. Yeah, hard work's, hard work's key because hard work will uh, bring all the aspects of performance into your life. You don't get anywhere without hard work. Cool um question three would you rather run 200
1: miles or swim 100 miles run 200 that's a lot yeah that's like what 320
0: kilometers yeah i was actually looking at doing a 200 mile race this month but i've got a few injuries that i need to deal with but 200s i actually want to do a 240 240 miles how many k's would that be? i think it's like uh 380 or something but my math's so bad that is ridiculous that would take like two no, and a half days longer, of running it's longer than that it's, yeah but it's, it's a long time yeah. wow 240
1: is the goal hectic um <laughs> is bitcoin <laughs> heading to a hundred thousand? yes <laughs> why uh talk to me about it what do you like about the whole crypto space
0: i i i look cryptocurrencies a crazy space it's moving so fast it's super difficult to understand and i by no means don't understand it but when I don't understand something, I like to look to the people who really understand something. And enough people with expert knowledge that manage huge amounts of money uh, are using Bitcoin as a store of value. And I think I think it's it is a very prominent uh, investment. Cool. I'm not, you know, altcoins, uh, even Ethereum. You know, that's still I think a, a quite a risky space. But I think Bitcoin is pretty safe and sound. Cool. Um,
1: when you invest. Mm. Is it – do you prefer to look for individual stocks or invest in funds like an ETF? Uh, funds.
0: Cool. ETF. I don't, I don't understand. To, to invest – this is important for a lot of people to understand. To invest in, uh, in, in something, you need to really, really, really understand the company and the stock. And that is a very hard thing to do. You have to analyze it properly to reduce risk mm. and I don't have the skills or knowledge to do that. So funds are great.
1: Yeah. I think it's important to remember going into that, that you don't know what you don't know. Yep. So you might think you know everything, but there's yep. plenty you don't there's know. There's
0: so much. It's, it's a, it's a,
1: it's a big space. Yeah.
0: Um, Canada or the US? Ooh. US. Why? Colorado has my heart a bit. Yeah. Uh, I can agree. I love it there. Um, Canada's epic. Canada is, about I don't know something. The U S is there no dreams uh, too
1: big yeah yeah that's the one thing i've noticed if you want something in the usa you can get that yeah
0: scotty james says at the best you know we, we had a chat with scotty and you know he talks about australia having a bit of a small uh, small town syndrome you know sometimes if you have huge goals in australia like people can really knock you down on it i don't yeah. find
1: that in the us tall poppy syndrome
0: yeah if you sat if you sat on a plane in the us and you told the person next year that you want to go to the moon like, you know, they're all for it. they like, yeah, go get it, man.
1: Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, what's your favourite book?
0: Rich Dad, Poor Dad's pretty good. Yeah, I love it. Uh, because just, just the ethos behind it is epic. The
1: fundamentals are so strong from that book. Yeah, that, that one. Favourite country? Hmm. Switzerland's pretty amazing. Scariest Experience.
0: Scariest experience. What? What? What do you mean by scary? Just
1: a time in your life where you're like, I don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow.
0: Mm. That's hard. That's hard. The the time where I've been most like concerned uh, because I just didn't really know what I was gonna do if. I couldn't get out of the situation was we're in, uh, we're in Quebec on like a tour, on a snowboarding tour, and I parked the van on this driveway and it like froze overnight. And so we got up to like go to practice and comp day and I got up and I like, couldn't get the van on oh, this driveway. Wow. <laughs> and I was just like, I've just ruined these kids' entire race. Yeah, right. And I, that's the one time I remember having like really – I was like really like I've stuffed up here and I'm scared – and I can't get out of it. Otherwise, I've had some crazy turbulence. That was pretty scary. <laughs> yeah. um, question 10. Last
1: question oh, I'm going to ask went you. Quick. It did. Who inspires you?
0: Lots of people. That's a terrible answer. Lots of people. Uh, Chumpy was a massive one. Yeah. Chumpy inspired me because when he walked into a room, it was next level. I've never seen someone captivate people like that. When you're in the presence of someone who's truly like legendary status, epic, he inspired me in that way. Uh, who else inspires me? He's a massive one. Mm. You know, I've my family, like I've got my my older brothers and stuff. But I think in the term of someone that I've been around, and I only knew Chumpy for maybe a year before he passed. But I remember just like sitting and watching this guy and being like, "Man, I'd do anything to be you." Yeah. That's yeah. pretty incredible. Yeah. And Taney. I get it. Teeny's been massive for me. Yeah. Nice. Jackson, thanks for joining me on the Post School Podcast. You're a legend. Thank you for having me.
1: And that's a wrap. Cheers for tuning into the Post School Podcast. I've been your host, Nathan Moss. If you want to read any of the show notes from today's episode, or simply check out the Uncle Nathan community, be sure to head over to uncle Nathan.com or follow us on Instagram at Uncle Nathan Co. Thanks for listening and catch you next time.